we pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, we thank you for our ability to come here together in your name. Please minister to us now. Take away the things that may be weighing on us or distracting us, that we might learn from your word and be attentive to your moving. For we ask this in your name, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Generally speaking, saying what if is not really helpful. What if I had seen that light turn red? Doesn't really happen, you know, it doesn't do anything good after the fact, right? You can't change the past. What if I had taken this job instead of that job? What if I never said those words and hurt that person in that way? Right? Asking what if really only brings about regret. And yet, when we look at the scriptures, when we look at the gospel story, asking what if can be really helpful. It can be a really fun way to engage with what's going on. For example, when we look at the gospel today, we could say, what if Mary hadn't gone back to get Peter and John? What if she just kept going into the cemetery? What if she went into the open tomb? Like, would she have witnessed the actual resurrection? Would it have been light? What would it have been like? And just to contemplate that can be kind of fun. Or you could ask a question like, what if John and Peter weren't, like, you know, insensitive? What if they stuck around and grieved with Mary instead of just going into the tomb saying, yeah, something's wrong here, and then walked home? Like, what if they were, I don't know, nice? And they actually were there present with her to minister to her. Would they have witnessed Jesus appearing in the same way? How would that have changed the story? Who knows? But what I find is that when we ponder the gospel story and we look at it in this way, what happens is that you really get to appreciate more what actually happened in the story as it's written and presented to us. So, for example, when, when we look at this gospel story, there is a whole lot of activity going on. Right? Mary, the sun isn't up yet, it's still dark out. Mary's going to a cemetery. Now, if this were a horror movie, <laughs> you know what Mary would have done, right? She would have gone into the cemetery and she said, oh, something's wrong in this dark, scary cemetery. While I'm wearing my high heels, I think I'll go investigate all by myself. <laughs> but this is a sign that, you know, maybe this is a true story because she does what any sensible person would do. The grave has been opened. I'm all alone. I'm going to go get help. So she runs. Not very dignified. But she runs to get Peter and who we later discover is John. Right? And they hear the news the grave is open, somebody stole his body, which is something she assumed had happened. And then the two guys go off running. This is where I really relate to Peter, because he was out of breath and slow. Right? <laughs> but John, who was fit and ready, went and got there first, but he was too, he was too, I don't know, nervous? Too, what? He doesn't go in. But Peter, impulsive Peter, goes in. And he said, oh, the body's gone. But this is a weird thing, because if you were to steal a body, my guess is you wouldn't take off the grave clothes, because that would be gross. 
And if you did, if you wanted to desecrate something, it'd be a big mess and the cloths would be everywhere. They wouldn't be sitting there neatly here and here. What is going on? And what do they do? Well, they can't figure it out, so they leave. And they leave Mary all by herself, which really bugs me. Just, oh, how could they do that? They just leave her. But here's where a shift comes in the story. The guys leave. Mary doesn't move. She stands there and she weeps. She mourns. And there's something really wonderful happens because she doesn't just react and go somewhere. She actually enters into the grief of the moment. Sometimes we are so busy that we miss out on a lot. You got to wonder with the angels that were sitting in the, in the tomb, did Peter and John just not see them? Were they too preoccupied with the strips of cloth or did God prevent them from seeing it? Who knows? But the, the truth is they reacted, they reacted again, and they missed out on something wonderful. When COVID first started, we were forced to slow down and there were many blessings because of that. But I feel that as the years progressed, things have been getting faster and faster. I don't like it, right? Do we rush too much? Do we react too much instead of really entering into the moment? I think we do. And I think that because we aren't able to be still in the moment, we miss out on a lot. So there's Mary grieving, and she starts to wonder, what did they see in the tomb? What does it actually look like? And she goes in, and there's two angels here. Now, I think this is the only place in Scripture where people don't lose their heads when they encounter an angel. Like, mostly they're falling all over themselves, and the angel has to say, don't be afraid. This is so onerous, Lord. Why do I have to keep doing this? Don't be afraid. I just have a message. Stand up, you know. But Mary doesn't even notice. They say because she was still, because she was present in the moment, the angels gave her an opportunity to voice her pain. Why are you crying? Why was she crying? Well, she tells them. They've taken away my Lord, and I cannot find him. There it is. She's afraid she will never see him. She'll never be able to go to the grave and actually grieve the way she needs to grieve. She's hurting, and she's afraid. And as she gives voice to her pain, Jesus appears. And he says, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she's able to voice her pain again. But this time she thinks, it's the gardener. He knows where the body is. They said, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where he is. Can you tell me? And I'll go get him. And then Jesus says, Mary. He calls her by name. And it's then that she realizes who he is. Emotions are not good guides in life. Right? Because they're going all over the place all the time. I grew up with two sisters in my home. There were just some days you knew not to be in the house. It was just safer to stay out in the yard. Emotions can run high. Not that I ever got angry or lost my temper or anything. (laughs) 
Emotions aren't good guides, but they are essential for us to be real with God. Sometimes it's not easy to praise the Lord, is it? Sometimes there's so much pain that we're experiencing that the most worshipful thing we can do is say, God, this hurts. We were having Bible study. We were looking at this passage and somebody said, Mary didn't recognize Jesus because it's really hard to see through the tears. Oh my goodness, that is profound. Is Jesus alive? Okay. (laughs) Jesus is risen from the dead. People still die. Jesus is risen from the dead. There are still people who are sick and in pain. Jesus is risen from the dead, but there's still injustice. There's still corrupt leadership in the world. There's still prejudice. There's still hate. There's still children going hungry. But Jesus is risen from the dead. Alleluia. So this is where the church needs to follow the example of Mary. Okay? It's really easy to burn out and get discouraged. This past few weeks, I have been really, really angry because I can't get housing for my friend. And I am livid because it's not just and it's not okay. This is where we need to follow the example of Mary. First, stop reacting and start reflecting. If we can stop reacting to the moment and just enter into it and say, how am I actually feeling about this? Then that gives us the opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm scared. I'm hurt. And when we're there, amazingly, Jesus shows up. It's okay to be scared. I'm here. It's okay to be angry. I am too. It's okay to want better for this person. I do too. And we're there with Jesus. So we stop reacting. We start reflecting. We start being really real with Jesus. And then there's this amazing thing that happens. Jesus says, don't cling to me. Instead, go to my brothers and tell them I'm going to the Father and their Father, to my God and their God. Because what happens is that instead of just reacting, which burns us out and gets us discouraged, we are given purpose and direction. There's that lovely saying, I've said it several times, where it's not the church of God has a mission in this world, it's the God of mission has a church in this world. And the church is hurting and it's broken. And it, Sorry, the, the earth, the world is hurting and it's broken. And we are called to be light, to be encouragers, to be hope givers. We are called to be reconcilers. We cannot do that in our own strength. This world is still operating under the old order. But we are called to be operating under the new order. Jesus is risen from the dead and we are called to extend his reign in this world. We reflect. We are present. And we are obedient. 
what if? What if our focus this year wasn't on this? It's good for us to be together. But what if our focus was to be present in the world around us and to say, Jesus, this isn't right. Where are you in this? What are you calling me to do in this? What are you calling us to do in this? And see what happens. I was on the phone with my sister yesterday. My sister lives in England. (laughs) And uh, I, I couldn't believe this. I was in England back in 2002. And whenever I went to a cathedral, it was like going to a museum. Right? This was donated by such and such a person. And it's made out of this. Um, Well, they've been doing some surveys with the people who are going to cathedrals recently, back from 2014 to 2017. And there's this really weird trend happening with people going to these cathedrals. They asked, why are you here? Do you know what people are saying more and more? They want to meet God. Weird. Now you know this is legit because cathedrals are starting to change their signs. Doesn't look like a museum anymore. They look at the symbolism of why do we have an eagle for a lectern or what does this this window represent? And they're explaining the meaning of these holy things to people who are unchurched. There's a hunger for God growing. Are we present? Are we reflective? And are we obedient? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came into our mess to bring your healing love. So Lord, give us your grace to reflect your glory, your nature to the world around us. We want to lift you up so that the hurting people may be healed. We want to bring your light into our darkness. So reign, King Jesus, and please use your church to bless the world around us. For we ask this in your name. Amen.